0: Hey, 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 this is the rest, the rest of my thoughts, the rest of our church, and hopefully with a little bit of patience and love, the rest for your souls. Disclaimer, this is not a sermon, (laughs) not a sermon. These are my thoughts and interests, and these are your thoughts and interests. The rest is a time for open and safe opinions and dialogue. Welcome to episode six. Today is um, a important day for several different reasons. Uh, We're gonna start a new series with the rest on leadership. And I'm gonna bring in uh, some other faces and people from the rest of this community that you are going to be super charged to hear from. And uh, with today, I'm going to obviously have an opening rant, which I'm excited to talk about. Actually, kind of heavy-hearted to to get to. Um, It's interesting. Uh, A brief footnotes on this week's message from 514 Church. And then uh, what's most exciting is in the beginning of a leadership series, I get to have the one and only, and he's here now, Roy Hall from The Ohio State University and uh, NFL player, just an amazing guy. Roy, how you doing? Doing well,
1: excited. The He's rest. Here. Come on. Now, that's an awesome name, first of all. The, the rest. It's good. It's got a lot, right? Absolutely. You need rest. You need rest for sure. Continuation you... too. is
0: this the rest. The rest. All right. Sabbath. Oh, man. Come on. Come on. People don't know. Yeah. I tried to tell people that when I made it the rest, yeah. there was gonna be a lot more than they thought. Yeah.
1: That's good.
0: So that's good. we're we're here. So the thing you, guys... you create in your basement. The things we create in the basement (laughs) or wherever it is, where where you don't think you're going to create it. But uh, Roy Hall is here today, and we're going to hear from him soon on the topic of leadership and many other things, and we're going to have a great discussion. Um, But before we do that, and I mentioned to you, we we both just talked about this, Roy, that uh, today is February 24th, and this podcast episode comes out in a week, a week from... Uh, yesterday, so it comes out next Wednesday. But today is a very heavy day in the sense that um, I don't know what's going to have happened in, in the week after this recording. But today, Russia launched an attack against Ukraine. Unreal. And so, we're, there's already reports of of soldiers and tanks moving into different cities in the Ukraine and also bombing and already reports of civilian loss of life. There are pictures going viral and videos going viral all over the internet of all different types of people praying and obviously living in Mm -hmm. great fear. Without getting into it too much, there's there's not much to say. There's not much to do except to pray right now. So we're actually going to pray. My my friend Roy is is a man of, of faith. In God, in Christ, and we're going to talk about that um, in 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 a minute. But we're going to pray, He and I, right now, for our world, for our leadership, for civilians, victims, women, children, men, soldiers, and the loss of life. And we're going to pray because this this conflict, and you need to go do your own deep dive. But this conflict is is an age old conflict. Mm-hmm of tyrannical proportions of, of just wanting to take more, to take more and believe that, uh, in some way, shape or form, you can become your own God. Right. And, and at the cost of the greatest cost, taking people's lives to get what you want and to impose a certain level of, uh, evil to do so. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a heavy day Mm -hmm. and we're going to have a great conversation, but we're going to make sure that, um, whatever's happened when you first hear this podcast that uh, prayers have been said and we pray that god would do something big so roy let me pray for us for a second right Go now Go for it. god i i come to you um in the name of jesus the name that allows us access to you to know you to talk to you uh to throw our burdens upon you to to ask for mercy to help mm. in time of need and right now this world, this beautiful world that you created, and your images are just absolutely under attack, and people are hurting and suffering and so I pray in the name of Jesus that through through the uh the powers that be through leadership, through some act of your intervention, you would cause this uh conflict to stop immediately if it be uh somehow in the cards, God, I don't understand how that all works, but we know you work. And do things that that are bigger and better and 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 needed for us. And I just pray for the people who are there now, the fear that they're experiencing, the the already loss of life, um, the uh, the questions, uh, the 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 potential refugees that will lose their homes and their families. God, we lift them up to you in the name of Jesus. We ask for the church that's over there, the people who love Jesus, that they would, um, you know. Come out and they would, they would protect and they would give and they would heal and they would pray and they would represent you. And Father, just we thank you that, um, this story, um, as, as awful as it is, God, we know you have a kingdom that, um, you've inaugurated and that one day you will bring back fully and that you'll bring justice and peace to this whole world. And today is a day that we're reminded how much we actually need that. So we lift up this conflict to you in the name of jesus amen 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 thank you for that yes thank you for that so you know without without kind of letting that determine the the whole temperature of it we're going to move to the to the opening rant and this is where i just get to kind of wax roy and this is one of those (laughs) things that you know i mean there's always new information there's always stuff coming out and sometimes it's hard and this is like in that blend of uh of difficult and great there was an article um in in Relevant magazine. Okay. I don't know if you ever do you ever read Relevant magazine? I've, I am not really into it It's an, it's an interesting magazine. It's a Christian magazine. I have to check it out. Now. Check it out. And okay. they do a lot of research and they have some interesting kind of moderate perspectives at least as it is it pertains to the Christian world. Sure. So they're not always like super orthodox evangelical yeah. but they are Christian Good. so they're trying to give a um uh, some type of visual and perspective for Christians to maybe see things in a broader light for so kind of a, it can be polarizing and sometimes very unifying the the article and the the magazine so I would go read it but they just they just put out an article that I shared with my team yesterday and it's titled the great american clergy shortage is coming okay and this is so this is actually on the heavy side um but we're going to end up in, in at least some light and there's always some light But just let me read a couple things about what this says. I mean, you just read this. You you just heard this title. This is what this is saying. Uh, A couple little snippets from the article. Though there isn't an official national registry for clergy in America, an October study from the Barna Group found that 38% of pastors were at least considering leaving full-time ministry. Worryingly, the concern is even higher among millennial pastors, roughly 50% of whom were considering quitting. So then it goes on among the reasons why, right? Why? That's what I'm what is for, going right? on? Why are so many people stepping out of ministry? Sure. You, you would say you're in ministry. Yeah, absolutely. You are in ministry. Absolutely. That's what you do. Absolutely. With your leadership as a, as a man of God, you are leveraging your influence. You are le- leveraging your, your belief system and you are trying to spread the news, right?
1: Absolutely. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm just interested to see what, what is big enough to get you from doing what God called you to
0: do. Yeah. So here's what's going on among the reasons for leaving clergy members, uh, clergy members claim that the job, whatever that means, uh, being a pastor, being Mm -hmm. a priest, being a minister, being, being in full-time vocational ministry, which has always been demanding grew to be unbearable during the pandemic, <laughs> grew to be unbearable. Unpar- so, so whatever thought you just had hold it, because right. I want you to tell me what it did to you. Mm-hmm. Relationships were frayed due to the deepening political divisions within the church and fights over social di- uh, distancing protocols, which more led to pastors struggling to keep themselves and their churches above water. Mm-hmm. Now it's true financially for a lot of people sure, that just that alone, um, contributing to the sh- to the shortage, is senior pastors retiring? So that's one, okay. one piece just of the number. Studies show that seminaries are shrinking as fewer young people go to seminary to become pastors or clergy members. That number has been shrinking over the decades, but it's catching up quicker as the pandemic has pushed more pastors to retire earlier. So I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast because I, I, I said, I, I told a story a couple weeks ago about a... An interaction that I had at Kroger where okay. the checkout guy and a woman got into a fight, and he literally, I was in the middle of Kroger and he got so mad at this woman that he screamed at her, You better stop, you stupid B. And then the manager came over and he got even raised his ire even higher and right. said, F you, right in front of the whole store. And it's just because she was upset with the way the checkout system was going. Okay. And there was a couple different stories that were happening in the world that I was in. I watched I heard about a a basketball coach getting mad, which you coach your son's basketball team, (laughs) a basketball coach getting so mad, this was within the last two weeks. Okay. That he got so mad that he grabbed a water bottle after giving the ref so a youth coach. A youth coach. All All right. After giving the ref both birds. Okay. Then grabbed a water bottle, held it around his waist, and went out to the middle of the court and sprayed it on the court like he was urinating all over the court via a water bottle and walked off. And basically, anyone you talk to right now, you kind of hear this, like, this, people are coming out, and then they're they're getting together, and they're getting crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because... W- people are worn down. People are mm-hmm. irritable. It's like a shoe that you've had too long mm-hmm. and it still feels good. But mm-hmm. if you run a little bit more, it pops Absolutely. It breaks and you don't realize that there's that thin layer. Mm-hmm. So I talked about just for me, and I want to hear from you that the, the pandemic and, and all that that entails has been exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons I stopped the podcast and restarted. It, it was, I just, I, I was, I was disoriented. What, what what was it like for you?
1: Uh, it, it it's, it's interesting. Uh, whenever you face things that you've never faced before, the best thing to do is to not face it by yourself. Hmm. So immediately, um, you know, our co-founder of the Driven Foundation, former Buckeye Antonio Smith, mm-hmm. we said, how can we now use new time to do something new hmm. to make sure that we are contributing to uh, positive energy going out into the world? Yeah, And so we did the opposite. We
0: started a podcast. You started. We see?
1: started a podcast in, during the pandemic with the understanding Feeling that the felt need. people are going to be inside. Yeah. And people are going to be talking to themselves more. Why not give them yes. something else to talk about outside yes. of Tiger King, which was out at the time. Which was big. Uh, it was huge in the last dance, which yeah. carried us through the yes, summer. Yes, it did. Um, and so we kind of pivoted that way. And then once it was people need masks, and then you had the, the vision saying, well, the science doesn't support that. And then some people saying the science does and we need protection. We said, whether it's science or not science, we know some families that don't have anything. So if we could, we can't walk around and go into places without masks, let's make sure we get the masks. Let's make yep, sure we yep, still, because yep. during the pandemic, people still needed food. Yep. People still needed water. People yep. still needed companionship. People still needed sparks of hope. They did. And so we like dove into it even more um, and great. we decided to call people personally to let them know what we we were doing mm. because at that point, corporate America or business partners or anybody that's pouring into your ministry, everybody backed off. Mm. And so now it's time to leverage, fully leverage the relationships that we had. And we actually went to a whole nother level in regards to outreach and ministry um, with the understanding that we cannot stop what we're doing be, just because the world is stopping. Yeah. And so now what you're seeing is A lot of the people that did kind of go into a shell and stayed away from people um, and didn't talk to people and allowed the outside narrative to dictate who they were. Now that they're back, they're still not really back. Mm. Right. And so I look at the pandemic this way. A lot of times in, in relationships. You know, you talk to people, you know, and and different. I've never been married, but I've talked to marriage counselors. I've read the books, you know, when you, you know, studying and you're trying to (laughs) become ordained and all, you got to go through all, you got to, but you know, one thing that's common is usually when people divorce or they split up, that thing was done six months prior or a year prior. It started, yeah. It started, right. Or they, they made the decision, but it's not official. It wasn't official until it was official. Until, yeah. What the pandemic did for a lot of people, was made their um, very surface level relationship and they split up with Christ, they made it official. Mm. So along the way, mm. people were doing so much to act like they were walking with Christ and acting like faith was important and, act, and doing the right things. They were in a lot of routine, but when something came to mess up that routine, they were not able to shift into rhythm mm-hmm. and to get into their real relationship with Christ. Mm. And when the pandemic hit, now you're saying, I just can't take I it. I can't, I'm not there. So what they're saying is, I am not in the place where I need to be with God and therefore I cannot I handle, can't handle the it. things that are coming from the, the outside mm. in the world, right? And so now is the time mm. to get people and to pull people back into, into. that relationship yeah. with Christ. Yes, Because if you lose your job, you lose your money, you even losing your health, the only thing that you can hold on to is him.
0: Wow, so, so I, I love that. Like First of all, we were doing church, And I was doing a podcast and, and when the pandemic hit, we, we moved our office and then moved to this building and I I, I was, I was overwhelmed, but I said, I said, I know, I know that I should keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Now we did podcast messages and kept doing the live streaming and kept doing that. But for me, it was the, okay, this is too much. Mm -hmm. But the other part that you said that is great is, you know, crisis. It doesn't necessarily, uh, uh make your faith or mm-hmm. it doesn't shape your faith mm-hmm. it reveals it mm-hmm. so it when does. the christ so it's like so a lot of people were a straw man yeah. of i love that of faith and then mm. once you put a real weight on the come bar on. come on now it's like can you lift that
1: yeah it means everything that you've been working for we wake up and we spend eight to ten hours every day working mm. working And when your work and your job and your position and your title are taken away, and just because you're the CEO, COO, or CFO, or whatever your tax return says, and whatever money that you're making, when that doesn't matter, now it's like What was it for? What was I doing all of this for? Mm -hmm. I've spent so much time in this respective area and now I can't even use it to help me because it used to be make sure you have three to six months in your savings right? and then it turned into, wait a minute, I needed two years worth. Two years. Right? And then you talk about shame, Oh, you lose your job, they they take away your position, you're not making your money and now you're making millions of dollars or your net worth is going and you're trying to figure it out and you're like, man, I can't pay my bills Mm. and I made 1.5 million Mm. last year. Mm. So now what do I do? Mm. And how do I talk to my friends? And how do I, so now all of those things are coming out. Now the marriage issues, yep. problems with your kids, yep. you want to spend more time with your kids during the pandemic, but you didn't realize you haven't been spending time with them, so you, you don't know. You don't even have, you a, don't, you don't have track, a situation. Yeah. And so now since we're back outdoors, people were just in the house frustrated. <laughs> now they're frustrated. They want to take it out on somebody. Yes. But imagine that same person that is at Kroger and they say mm-hmm. F you in the middle of the, in the Kroger. Imagine if that person... Uh, was here at, at 514, and they just took off the F, and they just screamed out you during worship. Yeah. You know, and just used that energy. But wow. somebody— Someone's going to get it.
0: we got to help them tra- channel it in the right way. And the way that you do that is through vehicles like rest. Yeah. Where
1: I'm not walking into that church. I'm yeah. not doing that. I'm not messing with those people over there. And in some way, somehow, because everybody has these devices— Yeah, yeah. They send them a link to this, yeah, and they just listen to listen to minute number, yeah, right, right, and you're changing lives immediately. That's good. People need access to people need to get well. Believers need to get a little bit more invasive with people that they know need Christ. I'm going to give this to you. Netflix gives us ads. Facebook gives us ads. Uh, Instagram gives us ads. TikTok gives us ads. And they will just take over your screen and you just have to deal with it. Every person in America now can give us whatever they want to. Why can't we decide to give people
0: a different type of message that we know that they need? So do you, to the pastor right now that's like, looks at you and is like, I'm out, man. Mm. I'm toast. Like this burned me. Yeah. I mean, did you, did you experience any of the, like, did you personally have an experience where the, 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 the polarizing ideas sure. and ideologies, yeah. political, right. like stressed out your community? Yeah. Yeah. You don't
1: fall into, see division, the polarizing conversation. Mm-hmm. Those aren't, um, that's not energy coming from the heavens. It's not, you just got to know where it's coming from. Yeah. Right. And so if I know where it's coming from, I e I played with Troy Smith yeah and at Ohio State yeah played with Peyton Manning in the NFL. If I know where the blitz is coming
0: from, I know yeah. how to handle it. Yeah,
1: it's when I don't know and I haven't wow. prepared for where it's coming from
0: that it catches me off guard. My favorite blitz was Antoine Winfield, my Ooh. friend. I mean, the way he came okay. off the corner. Okay. Now right. that was my I had All I had, right. I had a, pets named Winfield. Go. Come on, because it didn't matter if you knew where he was coming from. Yeah, but you, well, now that's well maybe. Well, you get the
1: ball out quick. <laughs> you better. It changes your strategy. It does, right? And it's yeah. the same thing for yeah. us. So this podcast is a little bit faster than a full blown two hour service, yep. right? On a Sunday yep. morning, you got to change up your routine. Yeah. Um. And so that's just kind of you know that's some good. some of those conversations. It doesn't matter who you believe in or who you want to be president or what you think about this policy if you're not eating. Yeah, right. So now my job yeah. is to mimic what Christ did. Christ yeah. felt the same way that these pastors feel. Yes. Lord, do is there another way for you to do this? Because it's just too heavy too for much. me. I want to quit. I mm. really want to quit. Even though I know I'm the only person that can save these people, I really want to quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too heavy. I can't trust my friends. I can't trust my mm. people. The people I'm training to be leaders, they're not acting right. They don't, be, just everything, the weight of the entire universe. And he's like, all right,
0: I, you know, you told me to do it. So I'm gonna do it anyway. Listen, man, all I can say is we haven't even got to the leadership part right. and you're showing, you're yeah. showing me, yeah. this is why you do it. you do. Yeah, You told me to because do you're it. the, co- yeah. you're, you, you are the, you're the person that they needed to hear from. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the most difficult parts about being a pastor is just the void sure. of encouragement. Yeah. And so if you don't have someone like right. what you're, what you're saying right now, yeah. I mean, you, you just made me want to, be mm-hmm. a pastor. And I, <laughs> I already am. So I mean, listen, listen, that's great. Let, let me jump to this next part because I want to get to, to the best part. But this is a part where um, I unpack a little bit from Sunday and get, get to the nitty gritty of the footnotes. Just, this is like the, the, you know, once you've settled down and once you kind of have already said it, there's more to be said and you just kind of chew on it. Wait a minute. What? I feel like you should have opened up like a Sprite. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's Exactly. That's what it's like. So what we did this Sunday, for those of you that were at church, is we did a little, um, if you will, it was an advertisement for a class that we have here at the church called The Beginning. So uh, John McCambridge, he is our teaching pastor, and he taught for 20 minutes and gave a very, very provocative message about Um, why people struggle to read the Bible Mm. and um, because most people he gets to, and you should go listen to the message. It was fantastic. Most people don't, um, it's confusing. So they Mm. open it up and they don't know what it's saying. They don't know where and why. And so he um, has adopted and helped lead our church through this, uh, approach to the Bible that is called uh, basically it's narrative form or um, biblical theology in the sense that, that we're not looking at the Bible, like a a group of systematic truths, but it is a narrative, a story, a unified story um, that all leads to Jesus. One story that all leads to Jesus. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Roy, if you haven't heard of this approach, like you've experienced it in a sense because you've been around this world. But the idea is that when Jesus shows up, it's not, well, whatever God was doing before that was old and it doesn't matter anymore. It's everything that happened before that was leading up to this moment. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we break our Bibles up to Old Testament, New Testament, old, uh, i.e. means bad and Mm -hmm. irrelevant. New means now this is what matters and what was old doesn't matter. Uh, Almost, um, uh, what's the word when technology goes uh, uh, obsolete? Some people think "oh" means obsolete. Got it. Okay but it's not no. actually everything that's happening with the promise to Abraham the covenant to Abraham is all about God saying I'm going to bless you mm-hmm. all and I'm going to stay with you even though your nation's going to turn their back on me sure. I'm going to deliver you even though after I deliver you you're going to worship a golden calf I'm going to give you <laughs> right. you know a land even though when you move into that land you're going to move <laughs> idols into that <laughs> right. land right. I'm going to you're going to like go into exile I'm going to be with you in exile then you're going to go back to your country and even while you're in your country you're going to be in exile because I'm going to leave because yeah. you've been worshipping so many false gods. Yeah. And even though you did all that same thing, basically that whole narrative is the same thing that Adam and Eve did where they said, no God, not your way, our way. Uh-huh. All that story is one thing that leads to, so the only way you're going to have any solution to all of this life, human life that you've twisted and, and turned into something different mm. is if you have your, your hearts changed mm-hmm. and that can only happen through the person of Jesus yes. who takes it all upon him willfully, innocently, sure. and then dies, defeats death, yes. the ultimate problem, <laughs> and then raises to new life, gives us a promise of new life. And so then there's this whole narrative. And then once you understand the narrative, mm-hmm. you can fit, you can open up to judges, you can open up to, to David and mm-hmm. your you know, passages about the first and second Kings sure. or whatever it is and go, oh, or Samuel and go, that's there's David. that there I is. understand where this fits. Yeah. Kings that are supposed to be part of the solution, but again, even a good king, not right. really good enough, right. Right. still does his thing, right. still needs God, great principles, all that stuff. But what was cool about that, and and this is what I wanted to hit on, is that with what we just talked about in the pandemic mm-hmm. and and as tired as, as I was, mm-hmm. um, we're starting to experience some growth mm-hmm. because when we did that, we made this announcement this weekend, we had 70 people signed up for this this course on biblical theology called okay. The Beginning. We did a one Sunday on it. We had our greatest Sunday morning attendance since we've opened this building and then 120 Come more on. people signed up and we had almost 180 people at the class on Monday night. Wow. The week before that, uh, and again like numbers are all relative. That's yeah. huge. No, it was that's huge. that's huge. Like yeah. we 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 opened this building we were expecting to make a big impact yeah. and it's been 2 years sure. just waiting right. like the paint, there's parts that need repainted and no one's even been in here yet <laughs> and that that's just like its own kind of hard right. but so we also had a night um a week and a half ago at the church um that is called um kids worship night okay and what it is, is it's not a drop-off event. It's for first graders through fifth graders.
1: Yeah, actually, I was at the church when y'all were setting up for it. Yes. And I walked in, it was big on the screen. Yes. I had moved all the chairs. Yes. Yep. Yep. So
0: all the kids come up front, and the parents are supposed to stay. Okay. So the worship experience is kind of like a family worship experience. We had almost 350 people come to that, yeah. just because they're excited yeah. to be a part of something, yes. to, to find it. Yes. Like you were saying, I mean, people need to come into this building and be a part of a community have to have to you have to be a part of a community i mean it's
1: um it's impaired we were we weren't designed to be alone that's right everything is about community yes um but i think right now one of the things that we were able to see as adults you have a kids night the pandemic forced the parents to pay attention and to be present with their kids and they start to see um, That's good. the the lack of love. They started to see the attitude and the resentment and the bitterness. They started to see entitlement. And so now it's how do I connect with my child? It's not, you can't just tell them to go to church, but if I can go do it with you. I was talking to a lady last night at a restaurant mm-hmm. and uh, she mentioned to me that, um, you know, she didn't want to give her daughter Uh, Her daughter doesn't have a cell phone, Mm -hmm. so her daughter gets teased at school for not having a cell phone at 11. Well, she's trying to keep her away from things like TikTok and social media. And I said, "I, I understand your strategy. But what it's doing is it's driving a wedge between you and your daughter because she's away from you for eight or nine hours at school, getting bullied and picked on and teased because she doesn't have a phone. But you're trying to protect her from social media, which eventually she will find a way to get to, even if it's on her friend's phone. And and now
0: she's almost provoked because she's not allowed. It's the forbidden fruit. And so now I
1: told her, why not? Use your cell phone. And and she said her daughter just wants the dances. I said, well, great. I said, put TikTok on your phone and do the dances with your daughter. So mm. at least when she goes to school, she knows the dances and she can participate with her friends, even if she doesn't have it. She's still hip. She still has access to the same things that's causing her a problem. It's about getting involved. So when you have parents worshiping with, with their kids and it's the same thing when I see. Um, and it's not being judgmental. It's no. it's it's. it's what you see from the stage yeah. when you see men who don't raise their hands in mm-hmm. worship and won't get up and mm-hmm. worship. Well your sons right next to you watching your daughter is watching mm. you your wife is watching you the people or people are watching you and you may be able to, you don't have to worship with your hands raised but, but when you submit and put those hands up right because when Ohio State scores a touchdown guess what everybody in the stands does they throw their hands up touchdown yep. right so you know how to put yourself in that position you know. when you go OHIO and yep. they do oh and you're the H on that yep, side of the right. stadium you know how to it put yourself something. in that position so why not put yourself in that position in front of the people and mm-hmm. in front of your, your heavenly father? So yep. it's interesting to listen to uh the breakdown of, you know, biblical theology and how to how to read the Bible. Before I study, um, just to add to it, it's yeah. a couple of words that I use in my prayers. Yeah. Lord, give me uh uncommon interpretation. Mm. Give me revelation. Mm. Give me concentration because I got a phone next to me and I might get distracted. Right. And inside of that, I need you to give me motivation. Like give me something to give me a spark now and then give me inspiration. Those are my five pillars. Yeah. Because if I can go into my study. Oh, and the six is imagination. Yeah. Because when I'm studying, I've been in first Samuel since. August. I can't get out out. because I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the story. Mm. What were they wearing? Where was it? Was it hot? Was it cold? How was he feeling? Did he need, did he need some water? It's hot outside. How did they get water? Mm. I want to investigate. Mm. And then I'm a part of it. It feels like it's a part of my heart. So when you slow down Mm. and stop trying to conquer the Bible, you know, read your Bible in a year. Why would you want to do that? Mm. Yeah, like why? Why would I want to know everything about the person that you're dating or anybody in a year? Right. Like once it's over, it's over.
0: Right. 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 You know. So, but yeah, no, no, no. So two things. You're getting. You're you're branching into such a great territory with social media and how to manage the, the kids. And I mean, I have an eleven year old, and you know, that's when we gave him his phone mm-hmm. just this year, mm-hmm. first time, not allowed on social media, but, <laughs> but. He's allowed to look at YouTube, yeah, and he's allowed, but we get to see everything, sure. And so, you know, I I'm more of a proponent of you know, you, there's healthy ways and unhealthy ways, right. and there's temptations, and you have to know how high yeah. they are for certain. Right. Kids are different; they don't mm-hmm. all have the same you know, natural draws, you have to know what they are. If you're a good parent, you do. So you go, no, 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 you need to go to bed. Because if you don't go to bed, you're a mess tomorrow. You you know, people think that it all needs to be fair all the time. And I'm sorry, it's it's not. not. you got to do, if you care about people, you care about them specifically. So you help your kid and you do what you can. And I just don't think that you're probably giving your kid any skills Mm -hmm. or tools to navigate the world that they're headed into if they don't learn. Right. You know, I I tell, I tell Kellen, I'm like, Hey, you, you're going to get a text on this. Mm. That's an inappropriate text. Okay. From somewhere. Don't you ever get them just random? Absolutely. You will get it. And I said, I said, uh, I said, and it's going to take you places that you, you, if you look at it, it will hurt your eyes. Mm -hmm. It will hurt your heart. Mm -hmm. And I talked, I talked to him about porn. Mm -hmm. Look, man, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at it. And I'm going to make sure you can't Right. because it's so interesting right. that you will naturally be drawn to it. Yep. But if you go there, you need to know, and I don't want him to be afraid There's to talk to me about it. Right. So I'm going, you need to know mm-hmm. that if you expose yourself to that, it will hurt you. Right. And so I want you to be able to navigate that's it on your own, but it's too tempting and too interesting mm-hmm. that we're going to navigate that with that's you good. for a while. Now I'm not saying that's, I mean, when, think I'm not that. saying that's perfect. I'm saying that's me right but, now. But, but the strategy is no different from anything else. Mm-hmm. When you start
1: a new job, you yep. got 3 months of training. training. You know, when yeah. you when you're about to get your driver's license, yep. you have to learn, hey, look, the speed limit is this. This is what could happen. And they yep. show you pictures That's of accidents. Right. Like this could, this could you're happen. Like, I would never do this. And if you get in that
0: position, like I got to educate you on it. And you, in driving, you, you have the instructor, you drive with your parents, you drive with your this, you don't, you don't say you're never right. getting a car. Exactly. You don't say you're, you, 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 I love the point of, and I think it's important too, of going to church yeah. together yes. to see them. Yes. I mean, you know what, you know, it's not what's taught. Nah. It's what's caught. That's what's caught. Right. Speaking to a wide receiver, that's right. If you got, if you can't catch it, then you're not going to be able to score. I mean, sorry. I hate, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can either teach them how
1: to drive or, you know, their high school buddy can teach them. Right. So somebody's going to show somebody's
0: going to show them. So I'd rather it be me. That's right. And and I come from the, I come from the state too, that, you know, generally speaking, the all things in moderation, you know, you can take a good thing and turn it into, it's a good thing can be good, but terrible gods. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything can be a good thing, but a terrible God. So terrible if you worship God. a good thing, it's yes, a terrible God, absolutely. and you just made a good thing a terrible God, that's as good. opposed to just something, something that maybe God He'll has given us to Dad, enjoy. will be this is a
1: terrible God. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly.
0: So, all right. So now we're going to dive into, I have with me, who you've already been hearing from, Roy Hall. And Roy, um, this is the part of the, uh, the podcast that I call The Maestro. Sure. But I changed it because that just has to do with music. So I've changed it to to be called the aficionado, which means you you're the guy you're the expert you're in your field and so uh roy is a um a leadership coach roy roy is a um he goes in and does um corporate communication and leadership development yes roy obviously as we know has uh, a great career at the ohio state university in Mm -hmm. football roy's from cleveland yeah he uh he played in the 2002 or you were on the team for the 2002 national championship Uh, so he knows Maurice and a lot of those guys, yeah. all those guys, and then he also was on the team for the 2007 national championship. Well, six, six, okay.
1: The one we lost to Coach Meyer when he was at Florida. Yeah, Florida. When he was still on the dark side, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, he
0: was. He, he hadn't found the light yeah. quite yeah. yet. And then, and then. Uh, you had so just so people know because you can brag about it all day and you should, <laughs> but you um, you had a great pro day yes. where you ran a four How much did you weigh? Two thirty five. You people have to understand right now. I'm yeah. telling you that is lightning fast. I have to tell you a story about uh, the four forty meter dash mm-hmm. at some point. It, yeah, people yeah, don't understand it. how fast that is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for two thirty
1: is moving for anybody.
0: For anybody, yeah, and then you put some some yeah. mass. I mean, that is yeah. moving.
1: That's what happens when you don't get invited to the NFL combine. Yeah, and right? then you get, you a, just little get, bit, you get a little bit motivated. Get a little motivated. Hey, I got to I got to do it
0: a different way. And you then know? you got drafted. Yeah. by the Colts. Yeah, and then you had some plaguing with injuries. Yeah,
1: year after year, mm-hmm. shoulder first year, second mm-hmm. year knee,
0: third year yep. knee, fourth year hip. So yep. yeah, so this is the part we call the maestro. And we're gonna talk to Roy Hall about leadership. Okay. So Roy, before I dive into just this this leadership discussion which um, is your wheelhouse now. Let's this is you, this is your this is your um this is your thing. This is what you're doing right now with your life. Yes. Is leadership development, conferences, uh, like we said corporate um, you know, conferencing, sure. and talking to CEOs and developing individuals and all this different stuff, but I want to show you something first. Okay. All right, and then I'm going to show you this and then I want you I want you to watch this. All right. And then I want to hear your first, <laughs> your your genuine first responses. All right, and and uh, and your retelling now. It's now, this is, right now this is a blind date right now. There's a blind date. There's and it is going to be blind because nobody nobody's going to see this. Oh, yeah, but you, but we're going to watch something. that's going to be on the screen let's right here, it. and uh, and people can hear it though. Okay. Okay. So All right, let's watch. This is the fourth
1: third down of this drive. Empty set.
0: <laughs> Throws for a wide open touchdown, and it's Rory Hall. That's his third catch of this drive. The Buckeyes convert third and four, third and 16, third and five, and now third and goal. Football's a game about preparation. How many
1: times do you think Lloyd Carr and Ron English? looked at Jim Trestle's offense in practice against a five-wide receiver look from the two-yard line. Those are the little wrinkles that Jim Trestle tries to save in this big game because it means so much.
0: Hmm. When's the last time you watched that?
1: <sighs> the last time I saw a part of it is usually during Michigan week. Okay. But I usually don't watch it. Right? Like it's just, I want to look at it when I want to look at it, because mm-hmm. it was a big moment for me. It's a huge moment. Um, but the first thing that came to my, like I li- I've heard Kirk Herbstreet say that before, and he started talking about preparation mm-hmm. for Lloyd Carr and, and that team mm-hmm. up north defense. But when God calls your number, will you be ready? Mm. And you know that preparation, you know it's not hard when you're playing with Tech. I mean, it's very hard when you're playing with Tech and Junior Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, Brian Robisky, Brian Hartline, who's our current wide receivers coach. I mean, we had five or six guys that all got drafted within the next two years fighting for position. And, mm. you know, sometimes it feels like we talked about earlier, like you want to quit. Yeah. Like when it like I'm putting in the same work, I'm on the same scholarship. I feel like I'm just as good. I feel like I can bring some different things to the table. But from a number standpoint, it just may not work out that way. Yeah. You know, I got hurt earlier that season It changed yeah. my momentum. But in the biggest game on the biggest stage, um, arguably in the last 25 years in Ohio state history, the first touchdown in the game and the three catches on that drive all for first downs came because my man, Troy Smith knew that he could believe in me in those mm-hmm. moments. Not to mention that on the very first catch I had earlier in that drive, I broke my toe which means I wanted to get out. But I'm like, I'm not getting Mm -hmm. out the game. If Tress is going 5-wide, I'm not coming out the game. So I stayed in the game and was rewarded for it. If you watch the game, I don't have another catch. You don't even see me because I can't walk, right? And so... The moment that God needed me to shine, to give me momentum, to then put me in position for people to see me on on that stage, which propelled into the four which got me drafted by the Colts. All those things needed to happen. It didn't happen the way I wanted it, yeah. but it happened the way that God intended. What, it.
0: what did What did you just watch? Just describe. What, what, tell people technically what we just watched. So well, we the just watched the first touchdown
1: of the two thousand and six Ohio State Michigan game. Uh, final score was forty two thirty nine. Uh, arguably the greatest game in the rivalry. Uh, mm-hmm. Some would some would argue that. Um, and I scored the first touchdown. yeah, And, and it was huge. And, and the shoe was senior day. yeah. And uh, my mom was on the field uh, pregame and gave mm-hmm. her a rose. And we had came through a lot of challenges with me growing up. And me being the first person in my family to graduate, all those things were a special moment. And I just
0: put the icing on the cake. Yeah. You told me when we met, you said that was one of your top three, if not the top, moment. Yeah. For football for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mostly because my mom got to see it happen. Mm. The national championship was great, right? And we kind of got baptized into this is what we do at Ohio State. We win national championship. That was my freshman year. But your senior year, your last game, playing in front of those fans, and when you know in your heart you've been working so hard and maybe it hadn't worked out the way that you had anticipated or wanted it to happen when you went there, five years. Uh, But in that moment, God said, hey, I'm going to elevate you, and, you know, you give them all the glory. That's why I had to hel- I held I held my hand up with the ball, not because I wanted to show everybody that I scored, but it was just in my hand, and I was pointing. I was always pointing to the Like, if something good happened, I would always point to the heavens, right, saying thank you, yeah. and I just held it there. Even when they hugged me, I held it there. I got to the sideline, <laughs> uh, Gonzo Anthony Gonzalez was like, man, your celebration was terrible. I'm like, man, you don't even understand, bro. Yeah,
0: You don't even understand. You know, you watch, and I've watched so many guys catch – touchdowns and they do some type of thank you to to god or they point All up right. or whatever like tell me a little bit about for you I, here, here to be honest i think some people it's not real i think some people mm-hmm. it's a little manufactured a little bit expected mm-hmm. maybe even routine mm-hmm. so for you it just something about it's yeah. not in any way manufactured yeah. um what's your disposition on god's role in your life to be who you are
1: uh, Is paramount. You, you're not you without him hmm. and everything that you do, even your mistakes should reflect your relationship with him. Hmm. Even when you make mistakes, you should be able to say, I messed that up. And yes, I believe in Christ and yes, I love God and I'm human and I messed that up. It's not an excuse, but because of my relationship, I will be able to recover from this. Mm. And if nothing else, I'll be able to go a little bit further than I would have if I hadn't dropped the ball. Mm. It's something about those scars that give you the opportunity to continue going the way that God wants you to go. I'm mm. okay with getting hit hard and training camp because I gotta be able to take that hit during the season and be able to keep going. Um, it's It's interesting that people think that it is routine for athletes but how can you, when Tim Tebow did it yeah. outwardly all the time, it yes. was too much.
0: It was too much. It was right? too much.
1: It's, it's fake. It's phony. It's not. It's just too much. He's got the scripture on his face. Like, yep, it's just yep, too yep, much. Yep, I yep, can't. Yep. Just play football. When you don't do it enough, you're criticized. Hey, God did that. Stay humble. Come Stay on, did, man. Did, yeah, like, give, God give God the glory. You got to give God the glory. Yeah. Right? And when you point to the heavens, it's like, uh, that's not enough. Right? Mm. You should be talking. To, and so what I train, you know, for the last uh, nine years running, I've been one of the team chaplains for the Ohio State football team. Yep. I mean, we're in there in the trenches, the entire team, 99.9% on Fridays and on Sundays. We are in the coaches, players. We are in there. biblical teachings. We call it reflection time. It's not forced. It's optional. And that's how you know God's in it because they show up.
0: That's right. And so we
1: get into the nitty gritty. But one of the things that I make sure that I emphasize is when you get a chance, Make sure that you talk about your relationship with the Lord, because Mm. it's not so much for everybody else is to make sure that you understand how you got to this position. Mm. So whether it's going well or it's not use every opportunity, consciously be strategic. Because you know they're going to ask you about the game winning touchdown. You know they're going to ask you about your 300 yards receiving Jackson yeah, Smith and yeah, Jigbut. Yeah. You know what they're going to talk about. So at any given moment, you can stop the interview because you are in full authority and say, I just want to say, look, I'm not here without God. And then, I listen, start with, I just want to give God the glory. Start with that. But then get into Hey, this is what we talked about during reflection time this week. Get into the people that have helped you get, the like direct mm-hmm. the narrative of the interview and force them mm-hmm. to hear the part of you that they want to hear. Because if Kirk Herbstreet knows guys, love Kirk, they come in and do a game day session, They're not going to be talking about your faith. They're going to be talking about, hey, like, how'd you do this? Who who taught you how to do this? Like, tell us about your mom and tell us about what food you like to eat. No, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. We need to talk about this. And the guys at 18 to 22 don't necessarily realize how much influence and how much power they have when that microphone's in front of them. So when you see it, that's their way. When they wear their crosses on the chain, they get tattoos. That's their way of saying, in this moment, I'm being conscious of my
0: relationship with Christ. And that's all you can ask for. That's good. What, what, you do a lot of training with them to get them to understand how to do that at the mic to make sure that people understand You've I've learned that I'm here because of what God has done for me, and, and I'm just offering that to him. You yeah. you have conversations with yeah, guys. Yeah, strategy. Because yeah.
1: the first time that you do it, it's going to be intimidating because you've never done it before. Right, right. hundreds of thousands of people watching the interview. Yeah. The second time you do it, people say, okay. But the third time you take control and say it with that type of boldness it's out the way. So you feel like you don't have to do it anymore. I've yeah. already told them, yeah. but the next game came up. Yeah. So you always got to stay in control of that, right? And so when people want to talk about other things, start with what you want to talk about. Because if you catch that many catches, you know, I heard Jackson say this. He said, I can't be that surprised at what happened because I've been praying for this. Are you kidding me? Wow. I've been praying for you got like I've been praying for this so when it happened I'm not surprised like I'm thanking God for this cuz it's supposed this is what I've been building for and, yeah. and you need to say it openly on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram yeah. and the in interviews why because you talk about everything else you talk about your NIL deals. You talk about, you know, you put up the the repost when people put graphics of how great you are. Yeah. Like, you, you do all of that. So now you get to go on there and talk about what's really, really true to you. Because when you're crying or you're upset or you're feeling depressed or you want to transfer, when God is right there telling you to stay right where he planted you, now all of a sudden you get a chance to say, all right, Lord, thank you, and do it in front of everybody. So
0: a lot, So a lot of guys, I can't imagine, because I think you even told me your story. You didn't come into... Ohio State with with a strong faith you had someone kind of hounding you in Absolutely. terms of in terms of faith I Tom would imagine Rody. that that's the way you and what was his name again? Tom Rody, Yeah. Tom
1: Rody and Jim Schmicky. Yeah. They they kind of lead up uh, what's called crossroads right now, or cross sports right now, and uh, they do it at Ohio State. They work with the student athletes. Yeah. But Tom hounded me for about six months. But now like, you're doing that.
0: That's what I want to – But I don't do the hounding. Okay. Tom still does the hounding. But you – but I... what I'm getting at, not hounding, <laughs> you, though, you got to be talking to guys yes. that were you. Yes. So do you jump to helping them – how to handle it with success. And that's like an inroad or a backdoor to reorienting yeah. them around their faith. Sure. Absolutely. you I am mean, trying but, to teach them what it's all about, but,
1: you have to train them. They're used to being trained. They need intensity. They need high, they need real. They yeah. need, talk to me about what I'm really dealing with. Do Don't this. Come, like this is what's going on. I know this is what you're struggling with. I used to struggle with that yes. too. Do this right here. Don't hide from. So we get in those sessions. It's not pretty. It's not. I'm coming to try and impress you, right? I'm trying to release you from that imprisonment that you have. Most of it is. If nobody knows about this, I'll be all right. Yeah. Right. So the, the, Tom is interesting. Tom Rohde still has those mini Bible studies with guys mm-hmm. during the week, but on Fridays and on Sundays before a game, oh, we got to like you are gonna get a pregame speech on Saturday. Yeah. But what I'm about to give you right now is something that's going to be from heaven. Like God handed this to me for you all tonight, yeah. and it's going like it's not even a comparison, but this is more important than what you're about to do tomorrow. Yes.
0: Okay. So. There's so much, and we could just go down the rabbit rabbit rabbit. but you, part of your uh, calling and your purpose in life right now is to leverage the skills, the, the different perspective, the training that you honed and personally experienced throughout your college career into the pros to now then take the skills, the ideas to help people develop as leaders and to develop leaders. So just back us up. Yep. Leadership. Sure. What is it? What is it for you?
1: So I I am I'm gonna start it this way. Stephen Curry just broke the three point yep. uh all yep. time you know, record, yeah. Three thousand yep. three pointers, and he mm-hmm. did it like six years before before Ray Allen who mm-hmm. had the record. Yeah. And he gave all of his his teammates Rolexes and which is awesome, right? Yeah, like, we celebrate sweet. together. Yeah. And I would love to be on his team. <laughs> of course. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Right. And so Kevin Durant, who's not playing with the Golden State Warriors anymore, but was a part of two uh, title runs, sent him a a message on social media that said, make sure you send me my Roley. (laughs) (laughs) He's not on the team anymore. But then I saw on TNT a statistic came out, and it said all the guys who assisted on the three-pointers for Stephen Curry. Draymond Green was number one with like 480, right? So almost... 20% 20% of his three-pointers were assisted by Draymond Green. 250 for Klay Thompson, who's one of his teammates. Um, sorry if you don't know all these names. All these yeah, guys right, are yeah. guys that do yep, the board. Yep, yep. Andre Iguodala, another yep, teammate, yep. another 200. Kevin Durant, 200. And it listed the top five guys all time assisting, assisting on yeah. the success of somebody else. So if I'm defining leadership... It's not Stephen Curry, and it's not the record being broken. It's not him getting all the accolades. It's those people that were willing to give up their time to have a shot, to give it to somebody or to assist somebody else who could make a Mm. better shot than they could. Right, wow. and so even though Draymond Green probably could have hit a three pointer, he shoots
0: three pointers. Klay Thompson is Especially arguably yeah.
1: a better three point shooter than Stephen Curry. I remember, Curry. I
0: remember, I just saw that he had the one game where he had sixty three points and he only dribbled the ball eleven times. I mean, the dude can—he's he, a splash brother, so he can shoot it. Yeah, but
1: leadership for me is defined as assisting other people. Mm. Uh, in their journey to accomplish and reach the destiny that God designed for them. Wow. Period. Yeah. That's my, that's my role. If I can focus on that, I am more valuable as the person assisting than the person that's always taking the shots because I can assist multiple people as a leader. If I'm always taking the shot, I'm the guy that's taking the shot. But if I'm the guy that's leading the league and assist, that means I've helped probably about all of my teammates to their greatness. Thank right? That. And now I'm more, I'm more valuable, not only to the kingdom, if we're talking kingdom minded and in corporate, I'm more valuable um, to the company because I'm able to lift all the other players in the company. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the role, um, the ability to not be intimidated by people that are better than you. Mm. Right. You come, Oh, you're coming from my spot. It's not my spot. It's just a position mm. that God put you in. So you could be a CEO today and a no, no, no tomorrow, and mm-hmm. it should not change the level of passion and intensity that you bring forth for building the kingdom of God here on this earth.
0: How, how do you help guys that cannot see it another way? I got to shoot it. I, you know, how do you get them there? Well, those
1: people don't want to be leaders. So we, I'm not even having a conversation with you if you're telling me I got to do this. Right. You're already telling me that you don't want you don't to be want. a leader. So someone comes and says, Roy, what's it about? Right. So if if, if you come to me and you tell me I, th- I got to shoot it, I got to be the guy, then what I'm going to say is, do you want to be a leader or do you want to be led? Because, it, again, if you're being led by the wrong things, money, corporate, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe in my team. Yeah. I don't Like. If you're being led by those things, like okay, that's like you're going to continue to have those results until you mess it up. But if you're gone, if you die tomorrow, and if you tell me the company's going to go with it, then we got to change some things. The other thing I know though is who's assisting that person to get to the hit these shots. So if they're like, "I got to do it," they got a team, right? I just got introduced to some amazing people. We got a graphic, we got graphic design here, we got yep, video, yep, we yep. got stage set up, we got all yep. these people. Those are the people that's assisting you, yeah. right? So. One of those people have influence, yeah, right, and so then you want to turn and let me just look at your team, yeah, because if they're staying, there has to be something in you that's awesome, but there has to be a leader in this posi- in those other positions that's actually elevating you. So, yeah. I, like, I'll turn and, and go the other way, yeah. Like, it's not even about um, like we can go toe to toe and argue, yeah. but if you come to me and say I'm not doing that, it's just like trying to lead somebody to Christ. Mm. You need to you you. If I told them you need to believe in Jesus right now, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. So if they come to me and say, I'm not doing this. Okay. Okay. right, like, we'll loop back around. Right. Like, when, we'll and when, around. when they come ready, they bring you in. That's where you're going. There you go. And here's the thing. If you, if you pay me to come and do a job, mm-hmm. you'll be open. Yeah. Because even though like that money, you're connected to that money. Yeah. There's value in that. You know, the value in it. Yeah. So you're going to try and squeeze out as much as possible. So even if you don't agree with everything that I'm saying, yeah. you at least have to be in the room. Mm. And so if we're talking man to man, in front of the group, I may not be able to just shout from the heavens, I yeah. love Jesus. But when we talk man to man and you tell me that, you know what, I don't, you know, I'm good on this lit like I'm I'm taking all the shots. Yeah. Now we could tell, hey man, we got to strengthen your faith.
0: So there's so much here, right? Assisting people. Yeah. That's the piece. Which is kind of serving, passing, helping them. I mean, yeah. this 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 brings up the cardinal reality of the Christian, right? To serve yeah. to to be humble, to give, Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you, like, give us, give us a couple, give us both barrels of how you tie this assisting to your faith and, and, and bring that to people that are ready to listen.
1: Everything in the Bible that Jesus did was about assisting us. And he's still the most famous or popular man in the Bible, right? Because of his ability to problem solve. He made his life about other people constantly, which is why people constantly follow him and believed in him. Mm. Now, obviously he had wisdom and different, I mean, mean, there's so many things that he did that 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 validated his position. That's him assisting. But he's assisting. And even before he was preaching, he always was solving problems. So before I can get you the information that you need to get to, I need to solve a problem first. Mm. And so the service part is to get to uh, the heart of the person. Mm. Um, I'm not doing it to manipulate you, but I'm here to help you and in helping you, would you be willing to have additional conversations on how we could better this, uh, better this environment
0: for you as a, as a leader. And so it's the uh, hierarchy of needs. You know, you, you give someone some food. I mean, if someone's in survival and fight or flight mode and whatever, I mean, they're not thinking about what, what you think Sure, they're they're trying to get filled. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying is, and then you have an organization that this, this is what they do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our driven foundation is, um, is pivotal in the leadership approach. Um, because it's using a specific platform for purposes greater than just recognition. Mm-hmm. So our Driven Foundation was established uh, in 2009. So we're, what, 13, 14 years mm-hmm. in right now. Yeah, And uh, a nonprofit organization. And we provide basic human needs uh, to families to build hope. Um, and to uh, develop independence in them. And, then and it's we also called Driven. Driven. driven Website Foundation. is? Staydriven.org. Yep. Um, and that is my purpose because I get to serve. We Food, we've given away over 1.5 million pounds of free food to over – 8,500 or so Central Ohio families in the last 10, 12 years. Uh, What does that mean? We give weeks worth of food to families when we do our outreach. Here's enough food to last a family of four for an entire week. We've weighed it. We know it. If you do these servings, this is what it's going to do for you. Uh, Back to school events. We're in 20 schools or so right now with youth leadership and development programs. If you work with the kids and you build the kids up, build their confidence, help them in their character, and you're providing families with food and resources and housing and shelter and clothing and uh, b- helping them build their credit and doing all those things its a holistic approach. Now we're kind of serving as the middleman between the kids mm-hmm. and their, their mom and dads, but then also from the teachers to the kids, to the families. Mm. And because these needs are being met and yeah. they found somebody that they can trust. Right. And so we've been w- plugging away um, and doing some amazing things around the city. It's not a huge organization. Yeah. We have three people on payroll, yeah. um, but we do everything in-house. We don't have a bunch of huge corporate sponsors and that actually, Actually, is why we were able to double down and go harder when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Because we're not necessarily relying on just a few checks coming in from a couple different large players in the city. We rely on the people. Yeah. If we did an event tomorrow, we can get 200 volunteers in this sanctuary tomorrow that want to serve. So you make it about the people; the people always have your back.
0: So the assist thing on a team it makes so much sense. Tell me, tell a story or whatever about when you you bring this message because you, you go in, you do a chapel, right? I mean, sure. you've been there; they know you, and you you're gonna you're gonna inspire these guys. And some of them are thinking, "Give me the ball." Mm-hmm. But you but you they you have a captive audience. And you're teaching them the real deal here, even on a team, is about assisting one another specifically. Tell me how, when that manifests in, in a dynamic, even like a football team, how that takes a team to a different level of brotherhood, of leadership, and even of success on the field. Yeah, we are constantly uh,
1: manipulated into um, how we can get what we want. Um, Money. Yep. So if you're talking college football team, you want to make it to the NFL. Yep. Why? Because I need some money. Right. I love football, but that's the top of the top. That's how I'm going to get my family out of debt. That's how I'm going to change my whole family that's line. Right. So money, status, fame, importance, all the things that yeah. God's like, that, that should be your focus, power. Yep. And if that's your motive and that's all you're thinking about, then you're going to be selfish eventually. When you don't get what you think that you should be getting and it's taking away and stealing the opportunity to have those things, I'm going to make it more about me. When I don't play this game, the amount of snaps that I thought I was going to play – I need to do something to make it more about me. Everything is going to come back to making it about me, and you get out of that, I need to make sure I'm here for the person next to me. When I got hurt my senior year at Ohio State, my backup at the time was Brian Robisky. Brian Robisky played and balled out the first six games of the season. We played Penn State It's Troy Smith's Heisman Trophy moment. He did like a, yep. a, 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 a run in the backfield. He was getting chased at quarterback, and he hauled it up. And 50 yards down the field was number 80. And he went up and caught that touchdown. And I knew that my playing time was going to get cut all the way down after that young boy made that play. wow! The awesome part about that is for those six weeks, the only thing that I could do was focus on making sure Brian was ready. I was in his ear. We watched film together. We hung out more because I got hurt and he had to step up. And as a leader, I knew it was my responsibility to have him ready. And he, I mean, it was articles written about it. And not that that was important, but it was the role that I played wasn't because, oh, let me just do what looks good. I wanted him to be successful. So when he caught the ball and I knew my playing time would diminish, it didn't change my work ethic. Wow. I still knew I had to do what I had to do. So fast forward six games later in the Michigan game, it was my opportunity yeah. because I didn't t- throw in the towel because somebody else has some shine. That's a real, like that happened real, in real man. time. And
0: so when you're talking about, you, and, you, and you, you, when you were in that moment, how, first of all, how did you, where would you come up with this idea of assisting? Like, did you, did, was that your mindset when you were a senior? Uh yeah, Oh yeah. I, I mean, it was my mindset to do that. I knew how did that was you a get part that of it. Mindset?
1: I mean, you can't put things up on your social Like, Life is not about you and life is not about me and be a team guy. You either believe it or you don't. And it's you like the did. word of God. I believed it. I believed it. Because the other, What's the alternative? For me to be upset, bitter, upset, just which would have destroyed my whole season. And again, the whole reason that I was playing at Ohio State and tr- was to get to the NFL, get to the NFL to be able to take care of my mom in a way that I couldn't take care of her when she was raising us as a single mom. Mm-hmm. So just because I'm not playing, that doesn't change what the mission is. Mm. I'm not trying to get rich. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm just trying to put myself in position to make enough money to do something that I feel like she deserved, Mm -hmm. which is why when I got to the NFL, yeah, I got hurt every year, but God gave me an opportunity to plan out for my organization Mm -hmm. and what I want to do next, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't fulfilling. Like I made the money and paid for what I wanted to pay for. Got the house for my mom and did what I wanted to do. And it was like, now what? Because that was the whole goal. That was the mission to be able to help her, right? And so we're able to do it through driven, and I'm able to do it verbally. You know, when I get into these corporate settings,
0: it's amazing. Honestly, when when you knew that your time was going to go away with this mindset, was it hard? To have the right mindset or was it, did, did you, did you fully trust it? Because what you're talking about is so mature to, to, cause I believe it's true. I believe to look at that situation and go, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play a role. I'm going to be a team player. Yeah, and now it's my time to help him. Yep. And I'm 41. I think maybe now, maybe mm. were you, were you fully there or was it a little bit of a battle? Preparation. You yeah. were ready for it.
1: Preparation. Once I made the decision Everything that came after that. You were ready. I made the decision. Yeah. Everything that wow. came after that. Yeah. Once I made the decision not to be selfish. Yeah. Every, so now if I'm helping this young man and my teammate who's just two years younger, if I'm helping him to become the best he could possibly be, but hey, man, you should run it right this way. You should look at doing this. You should try and do this. If I'm doing that, what's the expectation? Of course he's going to go. Because even if I'm elevating his game 1%, mm-hmm. He's going to be better than he would have if I hadn't said anything. Yeah. Which means I'm already putting myself at a disadvantage to try and jump over him when I get healthy right, again. Right. The goal is to have numbers. Right. We got five guys that can go. Who you going to cover? Right. Right. You saw it this year with Ohio State. We yeah. got five. We,
0: who you going to defend? Yeah. Right. Right. Pick and choose. Right. And when it's your time to shine, you go out and shine, yeah. and you give God the glory afterwards. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. So when you you take this mindset, tell me about the the derivatives between talking to Ohio State students. Uh, bringing in a faith perspective, and then going into to corporate America, and, and what what angle? How does it sound when you stand up in front of you know a, a, a corporate team? Yeah. So the principles
1: don't change, right? Just the stories do. Yeah. It, right. Um, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can say, I heard, I, you know, I was reading a book, and there was a story of this king you don't have to say right. the names. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. the story of this young man. Yeah. You know, there's so many of these uh these these analogies and these random stories that are just on the internet and you're like, who is the who is this person about? Right. It's all biblical sure. most of it, right. right? You can do it that way or you can just take the principle and you will use your own journey, your own story to take a biblical principle and apply it in practical language. Yeah. And so your faith will shine through when you talk. Yeah. Like usually afterwards, it's amazing how many people in the corporate setting come up to me, "Hey, hey, 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 are you a Christian? Yeah. All right. Cool. Like, I thought so. I, thought I can tell. so. Great. Right. Something. So, but you want that because it shined
0: through. Um, do you do? Do you go at it like you do to the guys before a game, like in terms of the intensity level? Absolutely. People. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if I'm,
1: I I I'd like telling stories, but once we get to the point, I'm a rev up on you. You are. Why? Because because I was just adversity is not quiet. Yeah. Challenges and difficulties don't swing and miss. That's right. Um, when, you're, when you're going through something, it's loud, it's heavy. Uh, you feel it in your chest. You feel it in your body. It's weighing on you. It's screaming at you every single day that you wake up. That's all you could think about. So when I come into the room, I'm letting the thing that you're dealing with, and I'm letting you know that this is where we need to be to get through this. Let's go. Now, you may not be able to listen to that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're motivating. Yeah. For that moment, because people are like, motivation doesn't last. I beg to differ. Yeah. You can motivate me today and give me something and plant something inside my spirit that will blossom into the inspiration or the long term that I need. Yeah. So motivation does Like It just starts as something, and then it can grow and build into something unless somebody, somebody steals yep. it. Because you can be motivated. Every time you speak and every time you preach, people go out here like, oh, that was a great I'm message. Like, yeah, 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready right, to go. Right. Monday morning, where'd it go? Right. Something stole it. Finances, pressure, yeah. argument, relationship something stole it. So if I give you this, I'm also show you how to protect it. And you protect it by doing things like giving back to the community and assisting other people mm. because you don't have time to think about what you don't have. It's yeah. about how can I help mm. get this person what they deserve and what mm. they need.
0: Man, so you, you, uh, you're getting ready to do, we're doing this conference. And Roy, you're going to do a conference here. And it's called the Roy Hall Jr. Leadership, Leadership Conference. Conference. That's right. We're doing yeah. it here at the church. So, tell How me How exciting is that? I'm excited, huh? man. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Come on. I, I, I'm excited about it. So it'll, it'll be good because we're talking
1: about CEOs and corporates and all that type. So we'll have some, some, some heavy hitters, mm-hmm. some, some uh, CEOs and some people or some mm-hmm. local people yep. that are doing really, really well. Uh, we'll also have some, some big names in athletics that'll make some appearances. I think some people yeah. will be excited about the people yeah. that we have have coming up, um, the information will be out here soon. Um, and and so we're excited about it. I mean, it'll be May 17th, all right? It's a Tuesday, yeah. you know, but it's in the middle of the week, right when it gets tough, right? Yeah. Mondays, people don't really wake up on Tuesday. That's when it gets hard. So you need a little yeah. bit extra motivation. And yeah. it's not so much so um, to uh, just do an event. Um, when you put it in the house of God, When you have the likes of people like yourself that can minister to the group that wears the suits and the nice clothes and the Mm -hmm. nice comfortable outfits to go home, the corporate sector, when you have that in the room um, and you control the arena... We mm-hmm. can talk about what we need to talk about. We'll list out what we're going to share. They get to choose whether or not they come here. That's so if right. you
0: come into the room. you can get to hear what's being said.
1: What's being said is probably for you to hear. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about it, mostly because uh, we get an opportunity to sow into two or three or however many yeah. hundreds of people that will be in that room that day. Um, and then they get a chance to go out and share that message with them through their action and through their words yeah. as
0: well. It'll be exciting. It is. It'll what, be exciting. Uh, do you have, what's brewing, man? What are you got what are you gonna say? What do you <sighs> think? What direction are you going?
1: I don't know yet. It'll probably be something from, from uh First Samuel because yeah. I have been stuck in there. Yeah. I've been stuck in there for a while. Um I you know, we talk about assisting, if you let me share it for like two minutes. No, do, do it. Um yeah, I'm in First Samuel and and I'm I'm reading when when King Saul was trying to kill David for yeah. multiple times. But right. the one time he tried to kill him, um and he, he sent uh, his his soldiers to David's house, him and his wife's house. He was married to King Saul's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. S- uh, Michael. Okay, and so he sends the soldiers. They said they were watching his house, and they sent the soldiers to br- to capture him and bring him back to Saul, so he could kill him. And they came to the house, and Michael uh, delayed them, and then allowed David to escape out the back window. Okay. First message is that how you enter some things may not be the same way you exit, but that's a whole other situation. So he goes out the back window. He's gone. They knock on the door. They come in. They rip everything up. Where is he at? I can't find him. Oh, he's sick in the back. So they don't go check the bedroom because back then you don't go into somebody's sanctuary that way. So they look everywhere. They can't find him. They go back and tell Saul he's not there. He's sick in the bedroom. Saul says, go get him and bring him here in the bed. I will kill him myself while he's in the bed, which Mm. is just disrespectful. Like, you're going to pick me up out of my bed and walk me up? And so they go back, bang on the door. Michael's like, he's sick, he's sick, he's sick. They burst in the bedroom. They see him laying there. They pull the covers back, and it's it's a statue with some goat hair on it. Probably the worst, like, fake human ever in the bed, right, right, right. right? And they get upset. They go back, tell Saul. Saul comes down to himself and says... He confronts his daughter and and he's angry because he's like, I can't believe that my daughter, my flesh and blood, the person I raised, I've given you every, your inheritance. Why would you do this to me? It said he was so disappointed. He was heartbroken. Mm. His daughter would do this. So she chose to assist in aiding David, getting out of there. She chose him over her inheritance, over her status in wow. the community, over her uh, 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 situation in the kingdom. Relationship over, with her dad. Her relationship with her father and her mother and anyone else associated with the king. More, most importantly, she put her life on the line. That's a killable, he could have killed his daughter and no one would have blinked because of the deception. Yeah. He said, why did you deceive me this way? And I started thinking, when you're talking about leadership, like you gotta be kidding me. She put her life on the line for this man so that he can get to the destiny that God designed for him so, so that he didn't lose the opportunity to change. He the world. got the she shot. She believed in him even when he didn't actually know what was going on. Right. So we talked earlier about um, praying for the country and, and, and this will bring it full circle. What Michael did was exactly what real prayer is. Prayer, when you say, how can I pray for you? What you're telling me is you are willing to put your life and whatever God is doing in your life on the line for me. Hmm. You are willing to put yourself in between me and the enemy to allow me to escape and get to delay long enough for me to still reach what I'm supposed to reach. Hmm. If you are standing in front of me, you could have been doing well, But as soon as you pray for me, you're standing, you're getting in harm's way. So now you've put yourself on the enemy's radar. Why do you think you're being attacked so much? Hmm. Every every time that somebody says I'm praying for you, that's good because I'm getting people stacked up in front of me. Wow. But they don't necessarily always realize that when you put yourself in the line of fire, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to move you out of uh, of his way to get to me. So if you want to pray for me and what God wants to do in my life, you got to understand what you're saying. Right. So every time that you say, how can I pray for you? And you pray in for 35,000 people better believe you don't get attacked. Wow. We just sat up here and prayed for an entire country and country and world. Yeah. And world. yeah. So the enemy is like, these are two individuals that I will do anything that I possibly can to keep this podcast from airing. Mm. Right. I'm only limited to a certain amount of people that can yeah, listen. Right, right. And, uh, you know, when pastor goes home, maybe it's traffic. I'm gonna get him frustrated. Yeah. Like the attacks are going to be massive. Mm. So if I say I'm praying for you, which I do now, I'm like, I'm, I'm willing. You, n- not only I'm willing, but now I'm willing to take on whatever the enemy was going to use for mm. you. And so it's a responsibility Hmm. and a certain sacrifice that comes with saying, don't tell me you're going to pray for me and then complain later when something's wrong in your life because you brought it on yourself. So with prayer, it's not nothing to play around with. It's I'm willing to mess up my stuff so that you can have what you're supposed to have. Wow. What if if praying for a nation loses you to church? Hmm. Is it worth it? Right. Well, if you just, I mean, I built this. Yeah. You know, I got this big building. It's nice. Yeah. So it, it's, we're trying to get. You nah, know, God told you to pray for the nation. It's absolutely worth it's it, right. and I do it a hundred times that's over. Right. I lose everything. That's right. what Michael said. I will lose everything mm. to pray for this man to get this man to where he's supposed to go. Wow, that's leadership. Yeah, that trumps King Saul who had a title. It's leadership that trumps King David who didn't even know he was a leader. Wow. Right. The person that's assisting sees something in the other person and tries to make sure that you get there. Always wow. and
0: forever. Well, I was going to ask you to pray for me, but now I'm, I don't want to ask you to step into harm's way. <laughs> but you will. But I will. Yeah. And, and now
1: it changes the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. Because I'm literally telling you, like I'm putting my life at risk. Yeah. Like, because th- this is why certain people beat cancer. Certain people don't. Yeah, So I'm putting my life on the line. I might be the person that can beat it, yeah, or I might not be. But you got to know that because I was willing to pray for you, whatever right. attack that I got on my body, it puts you in a position to get to where you're supposed to get to. So every person that's praying for you is extremely valuable. Yeah. So you got 100 people praying. You got 200 people in the church. It's going to be hard for the enemy to get to you Yeah. unless you turn around and pray for somebody else Yeah.
0: because now it's a back door. Yeah. Right? Well, listen, man, I do genuinely want to assist you for real. And, uh, the, you know, if you, you listen to this, you guys, you don't get to sit here and like look in Roy's eyes and and see him uh, talk about this stuff and feel how real it is. So you need to come to this conference. Yeah. You need to check him out on YouTube and look at look at all of his stuff. Follow him on social media. There's a great bit you were doing um, on forgiveness yeah. that I saw last week. Yeah, And there's so much more. So um, I want to take a minute and pray for you. I and um, and then uh, we'll call that that today. Yeah, but look forward awesome. to a whole lot more. It'd All be right, great. Let It'd me pray great. for Roy. God, thank you for Roy, and I do pray that uh, God, you would use him um, to continue to inspire people, to continue to motivate people to to something that lasts. God, what what an incredible message of of assisting and serving. Uh, that is everything. Every person, every corporation, every family, every father, every mother, every brother, sister, everybody needs to hear that right now and know that uh, you really win when you assist others. And uh, God, we do thank you for the time. We thank you for uh, the rest. We thank you for you. And we ask um, for protection and blessing in this world and each other in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. Thanks, man. This podcast is amazing. Hey, man, there's more to come. Yeah, keep pushing. Guys, thanks. This is The Rest. We'll talk to you next time.